When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I think I'm really arriving. Uh, there are a couple of people who actually dressed up as me for Halloween yesterday. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, this guy, uh, I work with, I, uh, you know, I've got a couple of, uh, peculiarities, I would say. I like to wear these big, heavy, thick, cool, Gucci sunglasses. Uh, some people think that they're a little bit much. So, uh, I also, I don't take notes and use a computer like most people. I actually have a big, massive whiteboard that I keep notes on. Uh, so this guy, uh, he puts on a big set of glasses and he makes himself a whiteboard and, with all the topics that I might be talking about and walking around like, hey, trick or treat, I'm Greg Kelly. <laughs> he was actually pretty good. Uh, good for him. His name is Brent, and he's an up-and-comer over there at uh, the Newsmax. And and what else? Uh, one week from today, right? Is it a week from today? A week from today is the midterms, and it's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. Uh, the latest, I hear, 56 U.S. Senate seats. Republicans might win 56 Senate seats. We might have a 56 six-seat majority. Wow. Now, of course, anything can happen. Everybody's got to get there and vote and do your thing. And, of course, um, you know, just don't take anything for granted. Uh, This is the home stretch. Oh, my gosh. Right now, Marco Rubio is on Fox News. And he looks like he's 10 years old. Who told him to go on TV without a shirt? I got to take a picture of this and put it on my, I'm sorry, without a tie and without a jacket. He looks like he's 11 years old. Now, I want this guy to win. He's a great guy, and he really knows his stuff, foreign policy, national security. Uh, look at him. Is that funny or what? Is that weird? Come on. Uh, what do you think there? Um, uh, what do you think, Kevin? Isn't that like, look at him. Huh? What? Quite hysterical. He looks like he's in sixth grade. That's not senatorial at all. What is he, trying to be uh, John Fetterman? I can't. Do me a favor with your camera. Can you get a picture of that? I can't. So just get a good picture. I got to go through the. Uh, oh boy. Now listen, he's running against that lunatic congresswoman Val Demings. We want him to win, and then uh, right after the election, I'm going to send him a tie, a couple of neckties. Uh, you know, you can't. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta either wear a tie. And a jacket, or maybe you can wear a jacket and no tie, but you can't wear no jacket and no tie. When you're showing up and talking to the uh, John Roberts TV show over there on Fox, and by the way, Fox stinks. I don't know if I'd get dressed up for Fox. Uh, look, there are some great people on Fox, and um, but I think by and large, though, it's a the operation has lost its way. It's lost its way. Did I? Did we play that uh, sound? That 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 thing from yesterday, Rich Edson and all that stuff. Do we play that? So this is a Fox News Sunday report. Hey, by the way, I just put up on Twitter, I demand to see the 911 call, and I want to see the body camera footage from the Paul Pelosi situation. Don't you? 
Why won't they put that out? Why the hell won't they put that out? Um, as a matter of fact, the district attorney was asked about it, and she was panic-stricken. You could see it in her face. She was like, uh, 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 you really see it in her eyes, not so much in, let me see where I can get this, San Francisco police chief. Brooke, oh, here we go. Ma'am, can we please see the body camera footage? Because let's face it, you see it all the time, all the time, especially when, well, Black Lives Matter say the cops made a mistake. Boom, 20 minutes later, they put the body camera footage out. What about this? Seems like an open and shut case, according to the FBI. When have they steered us wrong? Cut 43, District Attorney Jenkins, what's the deal? I want to see the body camera footage. The cops were so heroic, and they saved uh, uh, Paul Pelosi's life, who was so clever and made that phone call from the bathroom. This is a win-win, right? Everybody comes out looking good. So let's see the footage. Cut 43. When and and if will will we see the uh, body cam footage from the cops? Uh, when it is made available during a court proceeding, that will not. That's the way that this works. But will it become public? If it is played in a court proceeding, it will be public then. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I, we don't want to wait for the court proceeding. Since when does that happen? Since when do we re- wait around for the court proceedings? These things are public record. We own this stuff. This is taxpayer information. We need to see it. How about that, huh? You think this is on the up and up? So right now, by the way, the only person who has spoken about the the motive in terms of an official person, an official capacity, is the San Francisco DA and some faceless FBI agent who joined the FBI three years ago. Her job, her, is to fight domestic terrorism full-time. That's her full-time job in the FBI. And what's that code for? Hassling January 6th people. And that's 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 code for that, which is not domestic terrorism, of course. And her pursuing that is not uh, law enforcement. That's harassment. Uh, and I think there's a lot of strange stuff going on. You know, the, the, the police chief has not equated himself very well at all. Equated himself. He's not done a good job here. But I have noticed this. The police chief refuses to say anything about a motive. And if it's as clear cut as they've been saying, why not? Hmm? Why wouldn't they say anything about a motive? Guy goes on CNN yesterday, right during this show, and I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on here? And I think, okay, he might be, he must be saying something. I got to find out what the hell's going on. And right after the show, I get the interview. Okay, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? He said nothing. Nothing. Cut 31, please. San Francisco Police Chief Scott, cut 31. We're told investigators have had a chance to interview Paul Pelosi. What did you learn? Well, it, it's we, we can't share the contents of that interview at this point. And we're working with our prosecutors, and we want to make sure that we are methodical. Uh, any statements that I put out, of course, I'm going to vet with our prosecutors and comply with their request. And they have asked that we don't share any evidence. Uh, they have asked that we don't share what was learned in, in that interview because they are building their case. And I don't want to do anything to jeopardize their case. You know, as I said, we I all want to see this case prosecuted. I, I understand that. We don't want to jeopardize it either. Well, how would it jeopardize it? I mean, everybody all weekend long is yelling out about how this thing is, uh, you know, it's MAGA. It's, it was an assassination attempt. And this guy won't say it? Why? This is 72 hours after the event. Why isn't he saying it? 
Everybody else seems to cut 29. This was not a random crime. This was a targeted assassination attempt. This is this is more than a crime. This was a targeted assassination attempt. Before the assault occurred, according to this source, the intruder confronted Mr. Pelosi in their home shouting, where is Nancy? Where is Nancy? That's what the intruders going through the hallways on January 6th were shouting, Nancy, Nancy. This is part of the January 6th insurrection toxicity. It reminds me of January 6th, because when the insurrection has broken the Capitol, one of the first places they went was to the Speaker's office. It just shows us the danger that our democracy is in. I worry about my safety constantly. I worry about the safety of my office constantly. I worry about the safety of my colleagues constantly. This was an assassination attempt on the Speaker of the House of Representatives. That's what it was. Actually, no, it wasn't. Even uh, according to the now woke, now confirmed leftist FBI, they did not say it was an assassination attempt. They say that uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name? The pape, the pop, the puppy was thinking about possibly if she didn't tell her, tell him the truth, he was going to break her kneecaps. Well, that's bad, but it's not an assassination. All right. It's not killing somebody. I mean, it is bad, and that's the allegation. You know, I got a. You know what we have? We have a. We have the government saying stuff. Now, when has the government let us down before? Hmm? You know, prosecutors they took uh, Jesse Smollett very, very seriously, and so did the mainstream media as well. You remember Jesse Smollett? This is MAGA country, right? We hired those guys to beat him up, uh, and they didn't even beat him up. They just oh, what a fiasco, right? What a fiasco. Uh, we, I can't. I can't really get my hands around this thing yet. I just know it's very weird. There's a lot of inconsistency going on. Um, They're acting quite strange, all of them, all parties. And I don't trust the FBI. It's okay. It is okay. I, why would I? Why would you? After what they put this country through, after James Comey, the director of the FBI at one point, tried to sabotage the presidency of Donald Trump. He did. He absolutely did. And he's lucky he's not in jail right now. Absolutely. You know, you can do, you can do so much with a wink and a nod. You know, you really can. You can Boy, it would be a real shame if people who supported Trump found their way inside the Capitol on January 6th. You know how bad that would be? I mean, think about it. Think about how bad that would be and how it would probably discredit well, a major political movement, you know, make America great again. And Donald Trump, we really can't let that happen. You know what I mean? Let's make sure something like that doesn't happen because it could render Donald Trump. Oh, my goodness gracious. Get it? See how these things sometimes work? You know, the January 6th committee spun this country's wheels for two years now. And they won't even utter the name Ashley Babbitt. They won't even utter the name of Michael Byrd, the man who murdered Ashley Babbitt. No, they won't talk about those things. So could they be up to a little bit of hijinks out there in San Francisco? I think it's possible. And the fact that they could not get their story straight for 72 hours, the fact that they won't release information that is customary in situations like this, body cam footage, 911 calls, What's going on here? Could it just be 
that there's a political agenda afoot? Hmm? Why did Nancy Pelosi ask for privacy at this time? You know why? Because they were panicking and they were spinning and they were. She put out early Friday morning a statement where she asked for privacy at this time. Now, I'm sorry, but I've never heard a victim of a crime ask for privacy. I've heard them ask for justice. I've heard them demand justice and accountability. But privacy at this time? Who asked for privacy at this time? You know who wants privacy? Tom Brady and Giselle. Okay, they want privacy. Um, You know, some kid gets in trouble of a famous person. They ask for privacy. You know, caught stealing beer from a 7-Eleven and it becomes a story. Well, they want privacy. We get that. We understand that. We've seen it before. But this, oh, by the way, there are no children involved. Why the hell? You know, if if this happened to Trump, he'd be doing the press conference from the the hospital. (laughs) And by the way, you know, they talk about how toxic the language is, right? Oh, it's so toxic, this language. It's so toxic. It's so harmful. Um, And actually, that's America. I'm sorry. You're allowed to say. And what's happening right now, especially San Francisco, go back to go back 50 years. Go back to 1972 and look at what was happening in San Francisco. Look at the Patty Hearst case. Look at they were hijacking planes in this country literally once every two weeks. There was a hijacking, a hijack. They would go in there. I want to go to Cuba. And you know what? They'd go and fly the guy to Cuba. They'd cooperate. So I can deal. I can deal. You can deal too. All right. Don't. And what they're trying to do is shame us. Oh, how dare you talk about the election? This is on you because you've got doubts about the 2020 election and all that. All right. So we just got to. Be strong. I think we got to take a big step away from mainstream media because, um, and you got to do it consciously. And you got to tell your friends. You got to find some examples, some concrete examples where they have lied. And uh, actually, you want some concrete examples? I should put this on my Instagram. Uh, let's see here. Here are some concrete examples where, and I, I'm, I'm going to go on for a while. Are you ready? One, Russian collusion. Two, Trump called neo-Nazis fine people. Three, Jesse Smollett. Four, Bubba Bubba Wallace garage noose. Uh, Covington kids. Governor Whitmer kidnapping plot. Kavanaugh rape. Trump urinating tape. COVID lab leak was a conspiracy theory. Border agents whipped migrants. Trump saved nuclear secrets at Mar-a-Lago. The Steele dossier. Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. Trump said drinking bleach would fight COVID. Muslim travel ban. Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. (laughs) Trump built cages for my guy. All right, we could be here for a year and a half. But this is a very compelling list. And you got to be able to whip it out at any time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, all right, I'm in the process of making fun of Marco Rubio. Hey, what's up with the echo? You hear that? I hear a funny. I hear something funny. What's going on? Let me know. Do you? All right, I got to talk to somebody on the phone. We can't figure out the problem here. Uh, I'm going to ask Shelly in New Jersey. Shelly, do me a favor. Turn. Up. Do I sound funny suddenly? Does, is there an echo of some kind? Do you hear that? Not on my side, no. Shoot. Not on my- All right, hold on. Check, 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 check. I'm definitely hearing something really funky. Um, And it's not me this time. It has been in the past, but this time it's something techie. All right, Shelly, what's up? Okay. Uh, Greg, I want to tell you quickly first that watching you on uh, Newsmax is the highlight of my day. Oh, thank you. And 
The other quick thing is, when I spoke to you four months ago, I told you I was very much in need of the Charles F. Stanley Life Principles Bible. Uh Uh-oh. I wanted to get the exact one that you talk about because there are so many editions. Shoot. And you had said you would send it. You said, I don't want to bother you if somebody could just give me the information. Darn it. All right. Here's the deal. Shelly, forgive me. Now, I've made good on this before. Um, it's the number one gift I've given away on Amazon. My wife can't believe it. She's like, what's up with all these Bibles you're ordering? <laughs> she just, Shelly, all right, do me a favor. Do I have anybody who can do me, can help me on going to the post office? I don't know how to do it. And my wife has had it with the Bibles. <laughs> I love her, but she is not going to, she's like, how much do these Bibles cost? Don't we have an intern or somebody like this who will do it? Somebody? Do we have any volunteers? I don't know how the post office works. Rich is really going to take care of it. He's a fellow Christian. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Immediately after the show, I'm going to walk across the street. I'm going to get the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, and I'm going to bring it to you, Rich, okay? And we're going to put Shelly on hold right now. We're going to get her address again. And I'm sorry, Shelly, about uh, the confusion on my part. No, are you kidding? This is a pleasure, and this is one of the most important. This is this that really is a very important. Um, so let's close the loop on this. Finally, believe it or not. Um, oh, geez, I apologize, and um, uh, but I want to. I want to make this right. And by the way, once you start reading this Bible, you'll say, "What the hell? What, what do I need with this Greg Kelly show?" <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, Shelly. All right, all right. And everybody, my witness, okay, Shelly, all right, we got to make this happen. Rich, you are promising me I'm going to owe you one big time, Rich. But the good news is Shelly's going to owe both of us. No, I'm only kidding. Shelly, thank you. Hold on a second, okay? All I can say is God bless you. Well, uh, I'll take it. And do me a favor, stand by, okay? Don't hang up the phone. Don't hang up on Shelly. And as soon as this program is over, I'm going across the street. I'm getting it. And then, I, then I, I'm going to have to order more Bibles. I love having these around. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. He is politically ambitious, and that's why he's going along with it. But 72 hours after um, the whole world is running around saying, oh, this is an assassination attempt. This was uh, MAGA. This is over MAGA. The chief said the following. Cut 32, please. What about DePape, though? Can you tell us, is he talking to investigators? Well, we uh, we will make some attempts to talk to him. Um, we have interviewed him at least once, and the investigation is ongoing. So there's a lot left to do in this case, and we're just moving along and doing the best we can to get the evidence that we can get to our prosecutors. The interviews are one thing. There's also a slew of other evidence I know you are collecting and investigating. Have you landed on a motive yet? Well, there again, you know, working with our prosecutors at the appropriate time, they have to prove motive. And we don't want to jump out of the gate with so many things left to investigate. We don't want to jump out of the gate too early, make premature statements, and then learn something that may be different or contradictory to what we know now. So, yeah, we we have some ideas. We definitely have our, our beliefs of what the motives are. But, again, in working with our prosecutorial offices, they've been very specific about Let's not get ahead of ourselves in terms of getting out there with statements because there is still a lot of investigation to be done here. Something contradictory. He's uh, he's saying there could be something contradictory out there, conflicting evidence. Because when the cops know what happened, 
and know why it happened, they speak out right away. I mean, right away. The public, that's one of the reasons why you have a public information officer. This isn't about tainting the jury or anything like that, folks. All right? You're allowed to read the newspaper, and there are some people, you know, they have that process, voir dire, I think. You know, can you be objective here and all that stuff? Uh, This is not that. This is something else. And here's uh, various chiefs across the country just Right off the bat, they talk about motive and they talk about evidence and they talk about uh, all kinds of things. Why is this guy so reticent? Cut 33. At this point in the investigation, it is believed that the Hold suspect on. was upset. With- I just want to point out that this is other crimes across the country, all right, where something happens, somebody gets shot, somebody gets murdered, whatever, and the, the, the cops talk about it. They share what they know, which is totally, totally appropriate. One more time from the top. Cut, cut 33. At this point in the investigation, it is believed that the suspect was upset with policies and practices of YouTube. This appears to be the motive of this, for this incident. So at this point, our investigation, based on witness statements and uh, the background of those that we've uh, identified, uh, we believe this to be a dispute between uh, Mr. Hustle and Mr. Holder. We have also found a letter on the suspect which made it clear that he came in with the intent to kill Dr. Phillips and anyone who got in his way. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain following the surgery. All right. That sounds very familiar, right? Doesn't it? And then we got the chief who doesn't want to say anything at all. <laughs> uh, I really can't say, speak to that at this point. Uh, um, hmm. Oh, there's one thing, though. He says he can speak to. He says that the idea that these guys know each other, that uh, Pelosi and the Pape know each other. No evidence. It's been debunked. Cut 34. Can you clear it up once and for all? Did Paul Pelosi know his attacker? There is absolutely no evidence that Mr. Pelosi knew this man. As a matter of fact, the evidence indicates the exact opposite. Huh. Really, the evidence uh, indicates the exact opposite. No, it doesn't, actually. Back to that point you were making before about contradictory stuff and material. Because uh, I've got some evidence right here that suggests they may have been friends. Cut 35. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Okay, the RP is the reporting person that we know at this point we believe is Paul Pelosi. We believe. Um, That was an internal communication between police and the dispatcher. How about that, huh? Did you hear what I heard? One more time, cut 35. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. Huh. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm thoroughly confused. I am thoroughly confused. And by the way, that part about the friend that I just played for you, the mainstream media, they don't they don't want to share that. They don't, you know, they have a narrative. Remember, you know, the story, this word that we started hearing a couple of years ago, narrative. It's very important to control the narrative. And the narrative is that um, the narrative they're pushing is that there's no way Pelosi and this guy knew each other. So listen to the Today Show, what they did when they reported that same little snippet that you just heard that I just played for you. Listen to how they handle it. They don't, they cut it out early on purpose. Cut 36. 
Newly released police dispatch audio is shedding new light on what happened inside the couple's home after an attacker broke in. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David. Police calling 911 operator. Hey, wait a second. A- what about the part where he was a friend? I, he did say a friend, right? I, I played it for you. Cut 35. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. RP sounded somewhat confused. I heard it. I heard it clearly. RP stated that he is a friend. A friend. One more time. NBC News, their flagship program, the Today Show, Cut 36. Newly released police dispatch audio is shedding new light on what happened inside the couple's home after an attacker broke in. RP stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David. Police calling 911 operator Heather Greaves a hero for being able to decode Mr. Pelosi's cryptic call for help. Well, what about <laughs> I guess the cryptic part? That, that, that What I just heard wasn't cryptic. It's cryptic to me that you left that out, mainstream media. <laughs> we see what you're doing. You got caught again. You omit facts. You omit information. You omit data that does not serve your purposes. And what is the purpose? To dismirch MAGA, to try to portray this thing as some sort of, uh, you know, right-wing fueled uh, violence slash uh, attempt assass- attempted assassination, all that nonsense. Huh, how about that? He just heard it. That's a, what a great example. And back to our chief, back to our police chief. There he was for five minutes saying absolutely nothing. Anything else you want to add, chief? Cut 37. This is on What C- more can you tell us about what this alleged assailant had planned? Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly two million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Well, um, I said about as much as I can say at this point, and I, when the charges are filed, I'm sure this evidence will come out. Uh, if this ever, and hopefully it was, it will go to a jury, go to a trial, evidence will come out. But at, at this point, again, I, I, I've said as, as much as I can say at this point. Reticence. Well, he said nothing, by the way. Uh, you know what he hasn't said anything about? He hasn't been asked about. He's about to. The 911 call. A 911 call was made. I was watching this. He looks a little nervous, worried, and you'll hear he's hesitant, reluctant to say anything. But he's on live television. He's got to say something. Uh, Cut 38. And don't think I'm going too far in asking this. I don't think it gives away any of your case. But how exactly were police called to the house? Was there a 911 call made or was there an alarm triggered? No, there was a 911 call made. There, there was a 911 call made. And uh, that's how we got there. And, and, and thank goodness that there was a 911 call made. And that came from inside the house. Was, was that from Mr. Pelosi specifically? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. 
And why the hell did it take him three days to say that? And I'm telling you, you got to look at it. <laughs> He's nervous. He's like, uh-oh, i got nowhere to go, but i got to say this. Now, um, now am, I, am I nitpicking? No, I'm not, actually. Uh, because 72 hours earlier, they refused to call it a 911 call. Now, everybody knows what a 911 call is. But can you tell me what the hell this thing is? Uh, cut 30... Where are we now? Uh, cut 39. At approximately 2.27 this morning, San Francisco police officers were dispatched to the residence of Speaker Nancy Pelosi regarding an A-priority well-being check. An A-priority well-being check. Two car- press conferences. They don't say 911 call. They say A-priority well-being check. Those are often initiated, I believe, by a third party. Like, oh, I'm worried about grandpa's in the house. Nobody's heard from him. Can you go over there and check? That's a well-being check. Now, maybe because a well-being check, I believe, is covered by HIPAA laws. You know about HIPAA? Everything about your health is kept secret. You can't share it with anybody. It's very tightly controlled. But now they've kind of said 911. So aren't we going to be able to hear the contents of the 911 call? Because, well, quite frankly, I hear 911 calls all the time. Hey, do you remember when, what the hell happened, uh, Alec Baldwin shot that woman, that poor woman on the movie set and killed her. You know what happened two days later? They released the 911 calls, cut 41. For the first time, we're also hearing the 911 calls, pleading for help. So was it loaded with a real bullet or one? I I cannot tell you that. Okay. We have two injuries from a movie gun shot. Okay. We're getting them out there already. Just stay on the phone with me. Wow. Uh, That's the way it works, right? I mean, I've seen it a million times. Sometimes I've actually thought, I'm like, gosh, is this the best idea in the world? People, you know, they call, they're in distress. But I've raised this issue before. People look at me like I have 15 heads. Like, of course you release it. What are you going to do? That's not, you know, it's public property. Okay. Except when a Democrat's concerned. And you've heard it a million. Here's another one. Cut 42. A woman pleading for help. Her accused abductor sleeping in the same room. Does he have a weapon? He's got a taser. Are you injured? A little. Speaking in a whisper, the woman's fear is palpable. Is there any way you can get out of the building? I don't know without waking him, and I'm scared. Is there a bathroom in the house? That kind of thing, right? So, of course, we're going to hear this because, well, they already told us what a hero the dispatcher was, and uh, Paul Pelosi made such a... You know, a critical phone call. So we're going to hear that, right? No. No. Cut 40. Are you going to be releasing that 911 call at some point? Well, not not at this point. Uh, again, you know, we, we aren't releasing any evidence at this point. <laughs> uh, this is totally not standard. Radically not standard. Let's not overstate what the hell happened here, even the allegation, okay? The allegation is some nut job broke into a house, which was criminally unprotected. There should be a big investigation into that. I keep hearing, what is she, second in, li- second in line to the presidency? Second in line. People say, oh, that's the vice president. No, she's first in line. First in line is the vice president. Second in line is the, the speaker of the house. You know who's um, third in line? Uh, I think it's the Secretary of State, actually. I think so. Um, all right. So 
This is all up to the district attorney, who, by the way, it's not really up to her. She's got a, you know, the feds have now shown up and looks like they're calling the shots. And the FBI, sorry, but I've lost faith in that. I call the FBI, FBI, Federal Federal Bureau of Investigation. How about Friends of Biden Incorporated? One more, cut 43. Here's the DA telling us, uh, <laughs> and she's got a petrified look on her face. Hey, are we going to see that body camera footage? Cut 43, District Attorney of San Francisco, Brooke Jenkins. Uh, when and, and if will, will we see the uh, body cam footage from the cops? Uh, when it is made available during a court proceeding. That will not, that's the way that this works. But will it become public? If it is played in a court proceeding, it will be public then. If it is played in a court proceeding, it will be, no, these things are released to the media. That's the way it works. That's the way it works in a democracy. What the hell is this? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Drudgery involved, you know? It's like, who wants to be who wants to um, be a police chief and release information to the public? Wow, that's uh, that's tricky, right? I mean, I'd rather just be on TV and enjoy the exposure and not say anything that informs the public. That's what Chief Scott did at the San Francisco Police Department. And he wasn't doing his job. He was doing the job of Democrats. He was doing the job of the fake news. He says nothing about the job he's supposed to be doing. And, oh, by the way, this guy has screwed up everything. From a public relations standpoint, from getting the information out, absolutely has. He had another press conference on Friday night to clarify things, remember? And he's the one who says there was another person who opened the door. And I still believe there's another person in the house. Besides besides uh, uh, the uh, uh, Pelosi and the Pape. There's somebody else in the house. He said so. And oh, by the way, even the FBI complaint, it says that these guys were, you know, both holding the hammer. Did one of them take their hand off the hammer to open the door? Here's something even crazier. They say the police, the, the door is opened. By whom? We don't know. The door is opened. And then what happens? According to the FBI complaint, you know what happens? Pelosi greets the officers. Pelosi offers greetings. Hello. Good evening, officers. What seems to be the problem? Welcome to my home. <laughs> what the hell kind of? It says it right there. Pelosi greets the officers. How about, oh, my God, there's a maniac in the house. Thank God you're here. Arrest this man. No, he greets the officers. Greetings. Greetings. So the chief has totally screwed up the job he's supposed to be doing. And here's the job he's not supposed to be doing. Lecturing America about what we say, think, and do. Shut the hell up, Chief. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Cut 44. As a society, we have to put a stop to this. Um, these, these, these families aren't in office. And even if they were, nobody deserves to have a violent assault and attack because they're doing their jobs. I mean, we can all disagree. Um, we need some civility here. And I just, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's pathetic in my, in my view. Uh, who the hell, quite frankly, cares what you think? You have a job to do, and you're not doing it. 
You have a job to do and you're not doing it. Instead, you're lecturing us about civility. Hey, your job is not civility. <laughs> Stay the hell out of it. Am I am I civil on the radio? No. I mean, that's kind of the nature of what I do. You're going to comment on that? You're commenting on society? Are you crazy? Doing the work of Democrats, doing the work of the mainstream media, because you know what they want to do. They want to limit our speech. They want to criminalize it when we raise doubts, legitimate doubts, concerns about the 2020 election, the November of 2020 election. And I can prove to you that votes were cast in that election illegally. I don't know if the election, I don't know, I cannot say how many votes Joe Biden actually got and how many votes Donald Trump actually got. I can't prove, I don't have the technical know-how, but I do because it's idiot-proof, quite frankly. Anybody can understand how they broke the law in Pennsylvania. That's my favorite kind of case study in all this. But the chief isn't done lecturing us. Cut 45. Are these lawmakers and these candidates doing their part to stop potential political violence? I don't think they're doing enough, particularly people that are spreading this, this, this poison. I don't think they're doing enough, and it needs to be called out, and it needs to be stopped. It's very, very unsettling when somebody in uniform, who these days, you know, it's beyond, you, you can't criticize somebody in uniform. As somebody who's worn a uniform for a good chunk of his life, just because you wear a uniform doesn't make you better than anyone else. Generally speaking, I would say on average, you know, People in the military, police, they're cut above on average. But I was in the military for nine years active duty, that 15 reserve or so after that. You know how many people I know who are court-martialed, who went to prison, military prison, civilian prison? <laughs> I, uh, I, can count, I, I can't count on two hands because it's, it exceeds that. I know people who were arrested for stealing vast sums of money from Iraq. I know people who were convicted of having uh, sex with underage women. I know people who were um, uh, killed, I'm sorry, uh, arrested and sentenced to time in jail for recklessly flying their aircraft and hurting and killing people. It it just goes on and on and on. Just because you're in uniform doesn't mean you're above uh, beyond criticism or bad behavior. And I'm very suspicious of the chief and everything else. I'm sorry. I wish it wasn't this way, but it is. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So I have uh, the criminal complaint in my hands. I I had it in my hands yesterday, and I went through it a little bit on the show, uh, but not in too much detail because, uh, number one, I I read the whole thing. And uh, as soon as this is the criminal complaint against the pape, the alleged uh, attempted kidnapper of uh, the, the Pelosi's. And one of the reasons why I did not go into it in detail is because uh, I read it and I was thoroughly not impressed. I brought it up with Joe DeGeneva, the U.S. attorney, because there are, I think, significant problems with this uh, very thin, very flimsy criminal complaint. And I was suspicious, quite frankly, right off the bat. And you know what? (laughs) You want to call me a conspiracy theorist? Well, number one, you'd be wrong. This is how America works, by the way. Okay, they can make an allegation. And um, I'm not a defense attorney, but it's up to the public. We can. This is my right, your right, to look through the allegations and see discrepancies. Maybe you find merit. Maybe you don't. I find a lot of things that raise questions, raise my suspicions, uh, But both before and after this thing was published. So let's see here. It's a criminal complaint, and this is written by an FBI agent. 
And the first couple of pages are just boilerplate uh, language, you know, that you've heard a million times before. It's just standard in these things. I submit this affidavit for the limited purpose of securing a criminal complaint and arrest warrant. I have not included every fact known to me concerning this investigation. Instead, I have set forth only the facts to establish probable cause that violations of federal laws identified have occurred. Blah, 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 blah. It's written by Stephanie Moore, and she is a special agent of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, you want to know a little bit more about her? Well, she um, she tells us about herself. This is what you do. You put in uh, the, aff- the affiant. This is an affidavit, the affiant background. I am a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation and have been an FBI special agent since 2019. I am currently assigned to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 2019. Could they find anybody greener? <laughs> 2019. Okay. I am currently assigned to the San Francisco Field Office, Oakland Resident Agency, where I specialize in investigations of domestic terrorism. Well, um, we haven't had a whole hell of a lot of that lately, quite frankly. Um, I mean, we had Black Lives Matter summer. Oh, you mean January 6th. Yes, what she does is probably spends all of her time hunting down people related to January 6th, especially those people who didn't hurt anybody or break anything. I get it. Um. She primarily investigates United States persons who commit violent acts, violent criminal acts in furtherance of their political or social ideology. Uh, She took this training. She took that training. Basically, she's a brand new agent. Okay, moving on here. Probable cause. Here we go. On October 28th, 2022, at 2.23 a.m., San Francisco Dispatch received a 911 call from Paul Pelosi located at the Pelosi residence in San Francisco, California. Pelosi stated words to the effect of there is a male in the home and the male is going to wait for Pelosi's wife. Pelosi further conveyed that he does not know who the male is. The male said his name is David. All right. Well, that's a little bit selective, isn't it? Didn't we just hear that he said that he was a friend? I heard that. You heard that, right? Should we do it for one more time for old time's sake? For old time's sake, what do you think? Can we let Sally off the hook, you know, for old time's sake? All right, where is that damn clip? It's in the A block. Give me a second here. It's important. Do you see the one, the uh, the, the transmission between the cops? Oh, brother. A block, A block, A block. Let me know when you get to it. It's in the A block in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. Harvey stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. Harvey sounded somewhat confused. Uh, yeah, huh? Now the male said his name is David. Wait a second. 911 call from Paul Pelosi. Pelosi stated words to the effect that there was a male in the home and the male is going to wait for Pelosi's wife. Pelosi further conveyed that he does not know who the male is. The male said his name is David. Actually, Pelosi said the guy's name was David. One more time, please. Harvey stated that there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. Harvey stated that he doesn't know who the male is, but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. Harvey sounded somewhat confused. Okay. All right. Well, you see, and I guess she gave herself a little bit of wiggle room because she's not going to include every single fact in this thing, huh? At 231, San Francisco Police Department officer Colby Wilms responded to the residence. By himself? I guess so. I always imagine two people, you know, two cops. 
for some reason, but it was just him. That is kind of scary, by the way, if you're a cop. You know what I mean? I'm, no, we, we got these guys got to have partners all the time. I'm sorry. Walking around in the middle of the night. So one cop responds. When the door was opened. Wait a second. Colby Wilms responded to the Pelosi residence, California, and knocked on the door. He didn't break down the door. He knocked on it. Fair enough. When the door was opened, Pelosi and DePape were both holding a hammer with one hand, and DePape had his other hand holding onto Pelosi's arm. Pelosi greeted the officers. The officers asked them what was going on. Well, here's something else. Now they're going to plural. It's interesting. The officers. But they said that Colby Wilms responded to the scene. See what's going on here? This is inconsistent. You think this is, uh, there are details that they're getting wrong. And oh, by the way, there are typos in this bloody thing. Typos. You think this might have been rushed? You think this might have been, uh, uh, there's a little bit of pressure? Oh, my God. I think, for instance, let me tell you about the typo. And I'm sorry. This is important. They've already said, uh, Paul Pelosi located at the Pelosi residence in San Francisco, California. All right. San Francisco, California. That makes sense. At 231, San Francisco Police Department officer Colby Wilms responded to the Pelosi residence, comma, California, and knocked on the front door. The Pelosi residence, California. I think we've already established they're in California. Why the hell would they put that California in there? That's weird. I'm sorry. This is weird. This is amateurish. I'm already wondering how many cops responded. It looks like one. Now they're referring to officers, too. I'd be a pretty good defense attorney, wouldn't I, huh? This is what you do. You take the you take the record and you pick it apart. Well, that's the way the system works. No apologies from me. DePape pulled the hammer from Pelosi's hand and swung the hammer, striking Pelosi in the head. All right, let me just go back one more time because we got to highlight something. When the door was opened, they don't say by whom, Pelosi and DePape were both holding a hammer with one hand, and DePape had his other hand holding onto Pelosi's forearm. That would seem to rule out... One of those men opening the door, wouldn't it? And just as the chief said the other night, the chief said at the top of the A block, if you don't mind, they said that uh, there was one third person who opened the door. Do you see that, please? Go ahead. When the officers arrived and knocked on the front door of the residence this morning, the door was opened by someone inside, and the officers observed through the open door Mr. Pelosi, and the suspect, Mr. DePappy, inside the entryway of the home. Okay, you get it? That, that was a third person. Another person. And you know what? It's not just me. You know, it's not just, oh, the conservative mega media. Here's NBC News. Doesn't get any more lame and uh, mainstream than them. Cut 41. Yesterday, this is uh, Meet the Press. Cut 41. For the first time, we're also hearing the 911 calls pleading for help. So Wait a second. Stop that. Real- stop that. Stop that. I want the other one. I want the one where they got this guy. It's in the A block. Don't you have the, the clip of Chuck Todd asking about it? Chuck Todd? Yeah, go ahead and hit that one if you wouldn't mind. Audio is shedding new light no, that's not it. That's not it. Uh, that's not it. He's having a conversation with a guy named uh, Winter. Winter twenty. It's in the. It's in the. It's in the uh, early thirties as far as the clips go. Why can't I find that? Hold on a sec. Ah, here we go. Cut twenty eight. Cut twenty eight. There have been a lot of uh, of the reports have indicated sort of 
how police got there and they witnessed the beating at the time. And there seems to be a hint that there was a third person in the house. You've got some new details on that as well, Tom. What can you tell us? Well, that's correct, Chuck. So it, the police chief came out and did a press conference later on Friday when, when most people had uh, uh, already started to go to bed on the East Coast. And, and in that press conference, uh, he stated that there was a third person inside the house that opened the door for police when they were called to that house. And that's when they saw the struggle over the hammer. Oh, OK, that's uh, that's that's interesting. And they're not disputing. I can't see yet in this affidavit that there wasn't a third person in the house. They're not disputing it, but they're not confirming it either. Um, did you catch the part also? So these guys are busy holding a hammer. So somebody else had to open the door. And when that door is opened, uh, they see this scene, the cops. Pelosi greeted the officers. Now, what the hell could he have said? What the hell do you say when the cops show up and you're being kidnapped? Help! Help! That's what I would have said. Please! There's a nut job in my house. He broke in the window. Help! Pelosi greeted the officers. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. DePate pulled the hammer from Pelosi's hand and swung the hammer, striking Pelosi in the head. It's funny. that the, I'm sorry, it's not funny, but the cops... Uh, this happened right in front of the cops. Hmm. Officers immediately went inside and were able to restrain the pape. While officers were restraining him, Pelosi appeared to be unconscious on the ground. You know, maybe Nancy should have should not have said right away on Friday morning, in addition to calling for privacy, weirdly, that he was going to make a full recovery. An 82-year-old man gets hit in the head with a hammer. We don't know what's going to happen, especially if he's unconscious. Full recovery, that's a big question mark. One of the reasons why I could bore into the details and I express skepticism so early on, in addition to the, well, sketchiness of this whole thing, is like, hey, Paul Pelosi's going to be fine. Nancy told me so. Okay, let's get to work here. Meanwhile, everyone else's uh, thoughts and prayers and thoughts and prayers. Well, they said he was going to be fine. Maybe they're changing the story as they go along, huh? Would it be the first time? Okay, Uh, they go into a lot of detail here. Pelosi's unconscious on the ground, okay? He's out cold. Now, officers removed a cell phone, cash, clipper cards. What's a clipper card? And an unidentified card from DePape's right shorts pocket. DePape provided officers his first and last name. After officers asked DePape if he had ID on him, DePape said it might be in his backpack on the back porch and later stated his backpack was near the broken glass. When officers removed DePape from Pelosi's residence, police body-worn camera footage showed a glass door that appeared to be laminated glass broken near the door handle. San Francisco Police Department recovered zip ties in Pelosi's bedroom and in the hallway near the front door of the Pelosi residence. In the hallway near the front door of the Pelosi residence, zip ties. Hmm. In addition, law enforcement searched DePape's backpack at the Pelosi residence, and they found, among other things, a roll of tape, white rope, one hammer, one pair of rubber and cloth gloves, and a journal. Okay, back to the cop. Witness statements. San Francisco Police Department officer Wilby Wilms, Colby Wilms, was able to interview a witness. Witness one saw an individual in all black carrying a large black bag on his back walking near the Pelosi residence where witness one was parked. 
Witness 1 was working private security at an address nearby. Witness 1 then heard what sounded like banging on either a door or car and then heard the sirens within a minute or two. Hmm. Hmm. Pelosi was interviewed by San Francisco police officer Arian Starks in the ambulance during the transport to San Francisco General Hospital. Pelosi stated he had... Oh, I guess Pelosi has regained consciousness. Because they just told me he was out cold. Pelosi stated he had never seen DePape before. Pelosi was asleep when DePape came into Pelosi's bedroom and stated he wanted to talk to Nancy. When Pelosi told him that Nancy was not there, DePape said that he would sit and wait. Pelosi stated that his wife would not be home for several days, and then DePape reiterated that he would wait. Pelosi was able to go into the bathroom, which is when he was able to call 911. Pelosi stated that when the officers arrived, that was when DePape struck him with a hammer. In a subsequent interview with law enforcement on October 30th, 2022, Paul Pelosi stated that DePape had a hammer with him during the events described above at the Pelosi residence. Further, the hammer did not belong to the Pelosi family. Hmm. Just taking this all in, are you? What do we think? In the words of one law enforcement professional, this seems flimsy, contrived, and half-baked. They look at these things all the time. Quite frankly, I don't. Neither do you. But I've already pointed out some weirdness, absolutely, and it's about to get a lot weirder. Stay with me. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ten people, 945 days, 485 crimes. Pretty interesting interesting cover there in the uh, New York Post. What is this? And most are still free. Uh, NYPD arresting same people over and over again, it says. And uh, oh, Eric Adams, the gangster. Eric Adams, a gangster. Looks like he's conned the people over there at Fox News again. Is this an op-ed he wrote or something like that? What, what do they do now? Uh, he, he, he totally fools and bamboozles people on the right and the left. Uh, tells them what they want to hear. And his game, though, it doesn't... Uh, I see right through it. I see right through it. Hey, I, I wanted to tell you, though, you know, as I'm reading through this affidavit and uh, this guy, they say to Pape, is uh, embracing all this right-wing stuff. I uh, I think it was very highly selective. I don't I don't believe I don't believe they're being straight with us. And I want to tell you a story. It was almost 20 years ago, but when I went into Baghdad with U.S. forces as a correspondent for Fox News Channel, uh, I was the first broadcast journalist into Baghdad. By the way. Uh, in March of 2003, and it was pretty hairy in Baghdad, uh, really hairy. It was bad in Iraq and bad with my unit, the 2nd Brigade Combat Team. We lost more journalists than soldiers by the time we got to Baghdad. Uh, this guy, David Bloom, was in my unit, um, a guy named Michael Kelly, Julio Parada, Christian Leibig. These are real people who got killed over there. David Bloom, they say natural causes, but you know he would not have died had he not been in Iraq. So, you know, there was all this... Um, the Bush administration said we'd be greeted as liberators, right? This was supposed to be an easy war. And I remember we're running around Baghdad, going from point A to point B. And somebody in my team, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they 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 nudge me. It's in the daytime. I remember that. And I was in a vehicle. I was in an open vehicle. So I was probably in an armored vehicle. And they nudge me and they show me something. And you know what it is? 
it's um, a dirty little piece of nothing. And I look at it a little bit closer, and it's like, okay, I guess this was possibly once part of a flower. It was about the size of my fingernail. It was about the size of a fingernail. It was. It looked like it used to be white, and it, it looked like it had become a little bit dirty. And he's like, you see? I'm like, what? Well, we're being greeted as liberators. You should you should report that. Huh? Yeah, you should report that because, you know, this is a flower, and obviously we're being greeted as liberators. You know, that's what they want to hear back home. I said, screw you and your flower. <laughs> I, 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 I'm risking my life to tell lies? No. Someone's lying here in San Francisco. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, I told that story about the Iraq and the flower and the pressure to tell everybody, hey, we're being greeted as liberators. They're throwing flowers at us. Uh, and it was just a little piece of possibly a flower, and it was dirty, and it was had no stem, and it was the size of my fingernail. But that's the impulse to uh, please our bosses, our superiors. It's a human thing, and uh, everybody kind of wants to do it. And sometimes they'll even mold a narrative, skirt the truth to tell the bosses, to tell their superiors what we think they want to hear. I think most bosses, if asked, would probably say they want to hear the truth, but not all necessarily. But most of my unfortunate, the bosses that I work for now, they do want the truth. Uh, so where were we? Do I want to keep it? All right. Just wrapping up this, uh, the pape thing, the, uh, it, it all works a little bit too perfectly. The pape is, uh, now telling the cops all this stuff. Uh, De Pape explained that he was going to fight to the end because, like the American founding fathers with the British, he was fighting against tyranny without the option of surrender. De Pape reiterated this sentiment sentiment elsewhere in the interview. Now, De Pape is not even an American citizen. What the hell does he know about our founding fathers? Okay, he's a kook. He grew up in Canada, not an American citizen. They go to his house. What does he have in his house? Uh, what does he have there? Um, doesn't even have a computer. Hmm. I don't trust any of this. And then I don't trust the uh, politicians who are moving in, trying to capitalize on this and trying to tarnish us. And by us, I mean MAGA people like me, maybe you too. This is Amy Klobuchar, known for her hot temper off camera, by the way. Democrat senator from Minnesota, cut 47. This has to end, and there are several things we can do right. from the security standpoint, which I'm happy to share with you. I, I was just uh, going to say. But it is also about look, making sure we don't add more election deniers right. into our political system. Now, that's a lawmaker. She sounds like she wants to make it a law that you can't disagree with her about the 2020 election. This is still America, ma'am. Next. By the way, Amy Klobuchar is being interviewed by Chuck Todd. And she is a tenant of Chuck Todd. I'm not kidding. Chuck Todd owns a house. Amy Klobuchar lives there. Uh, she signed a lease. She has a business arrangement with Chuck Todd. Did they tell us that? Did they tell us that at the beginning of the interview? At the end of the interview? During the interview? No. It's just, oh, hello, here's another senator I'm going to interview. Cut 46. Joined now by Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota. She chairs the committee that is responsible for oversight of the U.S. Capitol Police and federal elections. She has been on this topic for quite some time. Senator Klobuchar, welcome back to Meet the Press. Thank you, Chuck. It's great to be back on. Wow. I just wonder. I mean, gosh, 
Did she pay her deposit? Did Chuck Todd make her to pay a deposit? Did he waive that? Was she always on time with her rent? Um, did, was Chuck a good landlord? Was he not a good landlord? Is he making up for the time that, you know, she complained about the sink breaking and the air conditioner breaking? Now he didn't fix it. Now he's got to put her on. These are the kinds of questions. When you go into business with a United States senator, I think it's totally fair game to ask. But he doesn't because he's arrogant. He's an arrogant swamp dweller. So is she. What are they even arrogant about? They lie and they gossip. Yeah, you know, you know, people call them the elites. I don't like calling them the elites. We got to find something else, something more pejorative. Oh, there's Kathy Hochul on uh, MSNBC. She's going to try to say again that our uh, our crime wave is a figment of our imagination. Kathy, you have some nerve. Go away. Zeldin is going to vote you out. There she is. By the way, this is this is a sign that she's running a bad campaign. MSNBC is not the place for her to be right now. No way. She should be on News 12 Rochester. Okay. They're not going to come out to vote for her. Oh, no, I don't think so. Uh, You're screwed. And uh, it's a good thing for the rest of us. All right. Just but look at how they're trying to exploit this thing in San Francisco. Cut 48. We should pass the bill that makes intimidation a crime, um, a federal crime, and we should extend it to counting the ballots and certifying elections. Intimidation is going to be a crime. How the hell are we going to define that? You know, people feel intimidated sometimes when there's nothing to be intimidated by. It's called being a human being. We psych ourselves out. We freak ourselves out. We think somebody's looking at us, giving us a dirty look. I feel intimidated by that person. I sometimes feel intimidated. People tell me they feel intimidated by me sometimes. It depends who you are, what's going on in your life, how you're feeling. Um, I've spent most of my life pretty much freaked out by circumstances. <laughs> Everybody has, although although I'm in a much better place. Thanks to that Charles Stanley Bible that uh, we're sending to Shelley right after the show. You see what they're doing? They're reaching for power. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. And Chuck Todd is facilitating it every step of the way. Cut 49. We got a de-escalation obviously challenge in front of us. There's one thing to get elected leaders to de-escalate, and then there's the issue of the social media companies that uh, make money amplifying uh, all of this. What's the bigger challenge, getting Republican leaders to de-escalate or figuring out how to get these tech companies to stop amplifying this garbage? This garbage. About a million people or so voted illegally in Pennsylvania. That's not garbage. That happened. They change the rules without changing the law. That's against the law. And you want to talk about garbage? You want to talk about de-escalation? Start with Chuck Schumer, United States Senator. Boy, I hope he loses next week. Joe Pinion is a good man. Do we need really another six years of the same guy, Chuck, and those phony news conferences on Sunday afternoons complaining about not enough wheat and wheat germ or whatever the hell it is, some silly bogus issue that there's absolutely no follow-up on. I've, I've noticed about him, there's nothing proactive about him. It's always reactive. 
always, you know, just. But this is garbage and this is hate speech. And I think you should be arrested for it. Chuck Schumer should be arrested. Cut 50. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you. Wow. And some nut job uh, in California, by the way, packed a bag full of weapons and drove to Kavanaugh's house not too long after that and wanted to kill him. It's a good thing he changed his mind. Apparently, I think he kind of chickened out, but he didn't chicken out until he got to Kavanaugh's house. It seems to me like the two federal marshals who should have been paying attention were asleep. They fell asleep in the car. I'm pretty sure that happened. Um, Hey, by the way, all this poisonous rhetoric, what if something horrible happens to Donald Trump? Will the left atone for all of their horrible rhetoric, all the horrible false things they've said about Donald Trump, and he's a spy, he's a traitor, all that stuff. Isn't it very conceivable that some leftist lunatic somewhere takes all that literally, believes all those lies, and gets in a car and tries to harm Donald Trump or his family? Yeah, that's... uh, I, I think it's probably already happened. Cut 52, please. When you look at what this guy was looking at, he was looking at uh, just horrendous things you don't even want to talk about on your show. He was posting anti-Semitic tropes. He was showing memes um, that showed violence and all of this election-denying pro-Trump MAGA crowd rhetoric. That's what we're dealing with here. It's really dangerous what she just did, and it's a rhetorical trick. See what she did there? She talked about some horrible things that we all condemn, anti-Semitism and violence, but she put it right in the same category as having concerns about the election and being MAGA. MAGA and anti-Semitism, you see what happens? They want those things to go together. Make America great again is not anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is repugnant, but she's trying to lump it unfairly. And, you know, you can laugh out loud. The next time somebody tries to tell you that Donald Trump is a racist or is anti-Semitic. There's there really is actually stunning proof that he is the least racist person ever. Well, maybe I'll show you that tomorrow. But what a horrible little thing, a little the, the little trickery that they're up to. You get it. You get it. You get it. It's making me sick. Now, all this stuff, all this crap. Is having an effect on um on Republicans, actually. A lot of rhinos out there like Chris Sununu. Remember Chris Sununu? Remember John Sununu, his father? John Sununu was this um, very arrogant uh, governor of New Hampshire, a Republican. He became George H.W.'s chief of staff until he got fired because he was taking Air Force One to go to baseball card conventions. And then they said, well, you can't take Air Force One to go to your baseball card conventions. you got to tone it down a little bit. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll tone it down. I'll take a presidential motorcade to the baseball card convention. And he was taking a limousine all the way to his silly baseball card convention. He's the chief of staff of the United States, and he's screwing around with baseball card collections. I mean, I wish I could have a hobby. I wish I had the time to have a hobby, baseball cards. So here's his son, Chris Sununu. He's the governor of See the governor or the senator right now? He's the governor, right? I think he's the governor. Yeah, he's got to be the governor. And Chuck Todd asked him, okay, well, 
maybe we should take down all these anti-Nancy Pelosi ads because, you know, after all, what she's been through. And he says, you're right. Listen to this. It's stunning. This is a Republican. Cut 55. Do you think uh, Republicans should uh, tone down their Pelosi attack ads in this last week? Well, I don't think there's any need for that. No, I, I think, yeah. I, no, I don't think there's any need for the attack heads. And, and, and again, you know, right now, all our, our, our thoughts and prayers and sympathy have to go out to Nancy Pelosi, her entire family, her husband, of course. Um, and, and, again, put, put all the politics aside. Ignore the elections. Ignore the elections. Put all the politics aside a week before midterms. I guess Sununu wants to, wants to remain in the minority. What in the hell did he just say? Yeah, he said it. You see the effect this has on the professional politicians? The people, you guys know, I know, we know, we know. Uh, Will is calling all the way from uh, Rhode Island. Hello. Uh, Good afternoon, Greg. Yeah. Um, I accuse you, Ah. I accuse everybody else Mm. of uh, omitting one important point about the Pelosi thing. Uh, You're using quite a word there. You accuse me. You accuse me. I mean... I mean, I look up to you. All right, accuse. That's a quite a word. Accuse me. All right, let me hear the accusation. Well, one thing I consider very important, and you have overlooked it. What? And everybody else has overlooked it. The very first interview, the first person who spoke about the incident, I believe it was a woman, and she said both men were holding hammers. Now, why were both of the men holding hammers? I can see maybe the perpetrator. All right, number one, I didn't overlook anything. Now, the first person who spoke publicly about this was not a woman. It was a man. It was not a woman. It was a man, and it was Chief Scott. And he, everybody was confused about how many hammers. Was it one or two? The way he phrased it, it could have been either. We didn't know. And, Will, I accuse you of not listening carefully enough because everybody was trying to figure out how many hammers. And then he came back to say it was one hammer. But yes, Will, you're not the first one who's uh, pointed that out. What woman are you talking about, by the way? Well, there was some woman who gave us Some woman. All right, thanks for the details, pal. I accuse you of not being, um, uh, not paying attention to detail and being able to share it with us. Will, I appreciate the call all the way from Rhode Island, but get it together next time. Uh, or choose your words a bit more carefully. I accuse you of being somewhat rude. All right. Chris is now in Nanuet. Uh Hello, Chris. Good afternoon, uh, Greg. And I would like to submit to you, not accuse you, but I want to submit to you. This, <laughs> Thank you, by the way. Thought, no problem. This thought process, and I cannot believe I would even defend a Pelosi in my life. However, oh. if, in fact, if, in fact, there was an intruder in the house. Yes. And the guy, the guy is in the same vicinity. There is a possibility that while he was on the phone with the 911 operator, as was conveyed because there was confusion, that he was saying things like, there's a fella here. His name is David. He's a friend of mine, but I'd like you to come here because we've got a problem. Yeah. So and if, keep in mind, too, one of the other things was they did say that the 911 dispatcher who received the call was a female. The guy you're playing on the tape is a male. So he's getting the information either type to him or convey to him to then send out the guys on patrol. So already right there, you got like three lines of communication. But there is a possibility that Paul Pelosi was speaking confused or inarticulate 
being that there was a man in his house in the middle of the night, yes, could happen to you or I. Too. Hey, listen, I said last night, um, if this is as they allege, uh, a hell of a lot of blame comes down on the authorities, like uh, the chief, Chief Scott. Because the way he has spoken about this, with the lack of detail, the lack of precision, the confusing language, you know, if they handle this professionally um, and they were direct and they were candid, maybe we wouldn't have these questions. Maybe they could have cleared it all up. But, Chris, here we are deducing. And I said that out loud last night. You know, we're, we're, we have to piece this stuff together. I will say this about the bathroom break and the phone call. I mean, how many home invasions do you know of where they let the guy take? Oh, you want to use the bathroom? Okay. It is a little bit non-standard as far as the uh, the home invasions that I've heard about in the news. You know what I mean? Um, yes. yes. I mean, that's a little bit. The whole damn thing is weird. I'm sorry. Hey, how about this, by the way? Was he just being cute? Okay, I understand. Uh, there's a friend here. He doesn't want to set him off. Maybe that's the case. Is he going to keep that act up all the way until the cops get there? Because uh, the cops knock on the door. The door is opened. We don't know by whom. Two guys are holding on to a hammer. And uh, Paul Pelosi says, greetings. <laughs> right? Did you did you hear me say that? That's in the, that's in the affidavit. He greets yes, them. No, and, and, I, I would and, say, and again with that, help. But, but he did get off a shot at his head, which means that he still may have been trying to speak in a Help. Help! Help! That's what you say. Dude, I'm sorry. I have it on tape. The police, you're making deductions. Fair enough. I'm making deductions too. Fair enough. I hope we find out what the hell really happened because we have not been told the whole story. Chris, I appreciate it. Uh, fair point. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I got to tell you about this. Join the Red Apple Audio Network family in supporting our tri-state and national law enforcement departments and sign our petition to make our communities safe. You can head over to petition.gregkellyshow.com. That's petition.gregkellyshow.com right now. And if you support the men and women of law enforcement who put their lives on the line to protect us daily, sign our petition to make communities safer by supporting law enforcement. Uh, go to petition.gregkellyshow.com. Sign up now, petition.gregkellyshow.com. And uh, along those lines, my new book, I'm just, hey, to the guy who calls me from New Jersey, I think Jersey City, it will be on CD, but please buy the book, <laughs> the book form and the CD, if you don't mind, pal. Um, let's see here. Uh, Justice for All, Why the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. It will be published by Simon & Schuster on January 10th. It is available now for pre-order. I am so proud of this book. I tell some stories about my childhood, by the way. I I talk about some topics that, uh, well, have made the news in the past concerning me that uh, I've never really spoken about at length before, and you can read about it in the book. And also I defend law enforcement, and I figure out how the hell this all started, that the good guys were portrayed as the bad guys. I'm very proud of it. Um... By the way, Kathy Hochul has now rendered herself ineligible to be governor, ineligible. All she wants to do is talk about Trump and January 6th all all day long, and she wants to lie about uh, violent crime. She's calling it a conspiracy. Uh, It's a conspiracy, the idea that crime is on the rise. Can you believe it? The nerve of this woman. All right, I do have to go across the street. You guys have been on hold for a long time. Tony and Clifton, hello. Oh, Greg, you've been doing a great job. I want to thank you for talking about the district attorney not an impressive group of people. Mm-hmm. But what I'd like to see, what I'd like to see is when this goes to trial, 
and she's probably going to be long gone. Somebody's going to get somebody's going to get like Alan Dershowitz to get some good defense attorneying because his case was muddled from the beginning. They're going to try to throw a federal, you know, grand slammer on him, and he's going to say, "Well, I was just crazy, and I was just visiting somebody." So we'll see how this all comes out. But. I thank you for pursuing it so meticulously. Oh, Tony, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, and quite frankly, I feel like it's a duty. I feel like it's a duty. Thank you. Uh, Mike is in New Jersey. Mike in New Jersey. The next uh, one up, if you don't mind. There you are. Hi, Mike. Hey, Greg. How are you? Yes, um, I think, may I deduce? <laughs> I think part of the problem was that with the confusion was that MC Hammer was there, and when they said stop hammer time, that's when the action started. <laughs> Mike, you've been on on hold for an hour and a half to tell me that joke. Have a good one, brother. All right, Mike. Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. Good stuff. Good stuff, Mike. Uh, sorry for the hold. All right, let's go to Steve in Central Jersey. Steve. Hey, Greg. Greg, let me commend you. You are the only I, the only commentator I've heard since this story broke to at least question whether we're being told the truth here. At least question it. Now, I, I, let me take it a step further. You don't have to agree with me. I think it's all a big hoax. Why? Nancy Pelosi has been at the heart of all major political hoaxes going back to Trump-Russia collusion. I can walk you forward if we have time. No, I know. I know. No, unfortunately, the music is up, and uh, but I totally agree. Look, I just got to say hi to Dave. He's been on phone, and he's in California. Uh, anything we should know? You're closer to it than we are. Hi, Dave. Regarding the the call said I don't know who he is, but his name's Dave, he's a friend. That only makes sense if it's coming from a third person other than Pelosi himself. All right, Dave. Yep. Uh thank you so much everybody. I'll see you tonight at ten o'clock. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.